0: Block Talk Radio. All night. <laughs>
1: Back to another edition of the Total sports live podcast here on blog talk radio and like I always say always every time we start the show if you missed our podcast from uh, from from this past week where we uh, talked to uh, where I talked to in 2016 NFL draft prospect Kyle Washington out of Angelo State University if you missed that you could check that out as well also I also had a chance to talk with uh uh Chris Shanifell of the C S podcast. Uh also also does, also a contributor covers small school college football and NFL for uh NFL Draft Bible, also a contributor for T S L. Also had him on the podcast as well on Wednesday, so again check that out. We talk Chicago Bears, uh SCS playoffs and a lot more, so you can check that out. Like I said, if you missed any of the shows, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com, uh backslash total sports live or you can, uh, or you can check it out on uh, on Tuna, on tuning radio. All you gotta do is just download on your Apple Android on your Apple or Android devices. Just make sure you, uh, just make sure you give us a follow over there. Search the TSL podcast. But we got a great show for you guys tonight. The Eagles shocked the world and defeat the New England Patriots, thirty-five to twenty-eight. I know I'm happy about the win. I'm kind of ecstatic think it was going to happen. I lost my voice in the process of it, but I got it back, thankfully. But I'm excited about the win. I'm half excited and half angry right now. I'm half angry because I'm watching the Steelers game and the Colts game right now, and I see Big Ben going off, and I'm going to win my third fantasy football game out of four weeks in my one league. But I'm not going to make the playoffs because somebody blatantly tanked, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. But we're going to talk about this Eagles game. Joining me on the podcast got a full – House here joining me on the podcast is none other than my co Angela Montoni. Also joining me is Matt Brown who covers the Eagles and Temple football here on totalsportslive. dot com. And also joining me as well, also joining us as well, excuse me, is Jalil Phillips who covers Eagles and Sixers for totalsportslive. dot com. So everybody, how are you doing? I know I'm the ha- I'm happy and angry right now, but I'm doing good. But how is everybody else?
2: I'm doing Warper. well. Temple got screwed on their bowl game, though. I mean, the Booger yeah. what the hell is that? <laughs> Penn State. Penn State, Penn State and Memphis got better bowl games than Temple, and Temple beat both of them, and Temple, had a better, I, I just, you know, but I guess that's just be Yay, yeah. go Eagles. They won today. Hooray, but, you know, I'm here I'm yep, yep. about Temple and their
1: there's a conspiracy that somebody brought to me about it. If we have time, we'll talk. I'll, we'll go into that conspiracy because there's a conspiracy somebody brought to me about that, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Angela, uh, Angela's doing good? How are you doing, Matt and Jalil? Well,
3: well, I'll just say, uh, first, uh, if anybody out there says that they saw uh, what happened today, if they saw this comment just – you're a liar so don't even don't even say that <laughs> all right nobody expected that and I, i'm still in shock I, that's all i have to say.
1: <laughs> I I second that notion i actually uh saw the game with um matt today and the only thing that i said the entire time was you know what is happening like what is going on <laughs> cuz i really couldn't understand what was happening i mean Anyone who thought that was going to turn out the way that was going to turn out in Foxborough was a stone-cold liar. Oh, man, this is going to be an interesting talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it, everybody. Like I said, the Eagles snapped their three-game losing skit. I mean, we saw the past two weeks in general. We saw the debacle on Thanksgiving. I mean, with me, Matt, and Jalil, we're going here, uh, uh, last Wednesday, I assume, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, talking about the game, we knew the Eagles were going to lose, but, Jesus, but we they got blown out in, in in horrible fashion. But then somehow it was like a miracle. They turned it around. They got down early. Uh, they got down early, and then they fought their way back, and they got big plays from the special teams, Chris Maragos. Uh, they got an interception return from Malcolm Jenkins. He finally held on to the ball like a hot potato. He finally held on to the ball. Uh, Darren Spoles, the punt return. Byron Maxwell, interception. Kenyon Barner getting more snaps than DeMarco Murray and getting more touches. It was just a weird game. Tom Brady even catches a pass. A weird game that just broke out up in Foxborough. I just want to get everybody's initial, uh, initial thoughts and reactions from the game. I'll uh, start off with, Angel What was your initial thoughts and reaction from today's game? And you know that the Eagles actually came out on the winning stock? because I think a lot of us came into this game saying, we just hope that it's close
2: defense wins championships, and I guess they were a little bit more well-rested after um, the Thanksgiving Day Massacre than they had been. And that's just really what it came down to. The offense really wasn't that sterling. They weren't that – they didn't, like, sparkle and all that. It was defense and special teams that bailed them out.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. The defense definitely did bail them out. All right, I'm back. I don't know. The defense definitely bailed out the uh, bailed out the offense today. So you're right about that, uh, Matt and Jalil. Your thoughts on today's game?
3: Yeah, I, I said the same things that Jalil. Uh, I said uh, we we our, our secret to success today was uh, not playing offense. I mean, well, we had 14 offensive points and, and put up 35. I mean, we, Sam Bradford didn't have it. A super impressive day. I mean, he avoided mistakes, but you know everything came from defensive special teams. That that was the game today. That was it.
1: Definitely, definitely, Jill. Yeah, my takeaway is that uh, I I actually had a few takeaways. Not as I've had time to digest what was going on in that game. Um, and really, this this is more what we saw from last year last year's Eagles. A bunch of special teams and defensive scores, awesome play on in all three phases. I mean that's what we what we really expected from Chip Kelly anyway because, you know, he's the person he was supposedly supposed to be the coach that put so much uh emphasis into good special teams play and you know, really making every snap count. And we saw that today. We saw that big time. And I gotta say, to Chris Marigos, that might be one of the greatest signings on low key signings I've seen in a really, <laughs> really long time. Like he, that guy is coming up big and he does it every week. So kudos to kudos to him.
2: Yeah, he was a member of <laughs> the Seahawks that we coached that did his job. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're right. Maragos played a, played a, played a big role in the defense in general. The defense, of special teams stepped up big time today. Malcolm Jenkins, like I said, finally caught an interception, 99 yard return, which really ultimately just swung the momentum to the Eagles side. Even you can say it did, but you you can say it, can't, it did, but it didn't just because they were going against Tom Brady. But it ultimately the momentum started to swing from there. Connor Barnwin and Brandon Graham and Vinny Curry just the way in Fletcher Cox and they were able to get pressure on Tom Brady. I thought that was uh huge as well. Eric Rose, that's a big time, especially that final drop where Brady in the first play of that final drop goes and attacks him on a deep ball he he he, he you know, he was on the island and he, and he did his thing. And the defense also held with Garrett Blunt only thirteen carries on fifty four yards. So I just want to get get everybody's thoughts on the defense. I mean, they got pressure on Brady, Angela. And, you know, like I said, Brandon Graham kind of borrowing two sacks. Eric Rose stepped up big time today after, you know, getting a, getting taught a lesson by Megatron. The defense really stepped up against a Tom Brady that didn't have all his weapons, but still Tom Brady was still back there throwing the ball.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the sacks were, were great. It was definitely – because it, it gave you hope. I mean, there were times when it, it, they were down and the defense just – the D-line just stepped up and Connor Barwin, that one sack, he pretty much clotheslined and it was great. Uh, I was really happy with what I saw from Rowe today because, I mean, I know that I wasn't alone. I was nervous when Roe came in after Nolan Carroll got injured because he's a rookie and he was all of a sudden going into single coverage. Against really good wide receivers, but he he stepped up and showed that he can play at this level at least, or at least in the Eagles defense, which isn't really that great of a level. But he, I, I don't know, like the same thing like the Sixers. There are players in the Sixers that are marginal at, at best NBA talent that are okay on them. So I guess maybe that's what Rose is doing right now. But I mean, he he had a game. He definitely had a game. He was he was tight in the coverage, and you know he definitely exceeded expectations. So I was very happy with that.
1: No, you're right. Definitely a few expectations, like you said, that one play where you know, like you said, Barber literally looks like he's close on Brady, and, and 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 what Chip Kelly said said Chip Kelly said after after halftime was you know that we got to keep on getting pressure on Brady and forcing him to roll out. Uh, you know, they'll keep on rolling out and not let him get, you know, not let him be able to set his feet and make throws. And it seemed like that worked throughout the game, man. You just saw that they were just getting constant pressure. And Brady didn't look so comfortable, you know, rolling out and stepping up, making, you know, lob throws, the one play to Amendola where Amendola catches it and you're thinking, oh my God, a broken play touchdown, and then he drops it, and he, you know, and then people was trying to say that like, fumble or whatever, you know, so it seemed like the Eagles' defensive line, and even he was down with the blitz a little bit, you see the Eagles the Eagles' mop thing coming into this game was just bringing pressure to rattle Brady any way they can.
3: Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's talk about momentum. Momentum started mm-hmm. with that, um, that illegal I don't even know if that was a legal botch attempt at an onside kick. That was a punch. Yeah. I don't know what you call that, but that's when everything's <laughs> going in our direction. But, uh, yeah, back to Tom Brady in the, in the defensive line. I mean, like you said, he didn't look comfortable back there. I mean, yeah, he's missing his big guy and Gronkowski and Julian Edelman. But, I mean, even if they were there, you can tell that there was a lot of unrest going in, you know, in that backfield. Again, with Garrett Blunt didn't get going today, defense really got to him. So, I mean, that that pressure, that that core group of guys, just guys we, you know, had up and down with the exception of a few of them. But, I mean, they got there, and that 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 really set the tone
0: for the rest of the team, I think.
1: No, you're right about that in Jalil when we look at the secondary, because I feel like every time you've been on this show this season, we have really targeted on the secondary, because that's really been like a big thing this season. And it looked like the secondary, like we said, despite no no Gronkowski or no Edelman, there was still an Amendola. There was still a, a, a Chandler who, you know, isn't Gronk, but he's serviceable at the tight end position. I said there's still an Amendola. So when you have those pieces, the secondary still stepped up and made plays. Byron Maxwell gets an interception. Malcolm Jenkins gets an interception. And Eric Rowe, like I said, he really looks ten times better than he did against Megatron on Thanksgiving. Well, part of the reason he looked ten times better is because you know Brendan LaFell and and those guys aren't as good, you know. <laughs> I yeah. It <mean>, <laughs> was yeah. anyone. Typically, you're nervous when your number one corner gets put in a jump ball situation against Megatron. That's just not a that's not a comfortable situation. Even I mean, can we honestly say that we would have been more comfortable if Byron Maxwell was the one out there going Megatron? Because I don't think I'd have been more comfortable. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I don't think I don't I don't think there would have been much of a difference even if we had a number one corner on him. Now, Eric Rowe came back. I was worried that Eric Rowe was going to have a slump to the point where he wasn't going to be able to recover cuz we really put him out there. We really destroyed his confidence by keeping him out there on Megatron. Uh in my opinion anyway. Cuz all he did was acquire a whole bunch of bad tape, but um this week he really showed out. He showed that he could uh uh he showed that he can You know, play good zone. He showed that he could stay, stick up with his man. I was just, I was telling Matt uh, earlier today that you know, you know, it looked like, and Matt noticed it first. In the beginning of the game, he was playing deep on almost all his men. He was playing at least six yards deep on everybody. But as soon as we got Mm -hmm. a little bit of a lead, he started creeping up towards that line of scrimmage. You started seeing it. He was playing more press coverage. He was playing, he was playing up in people's faces, and that's when we really started to see those pass breakups. Instead of the late tackles, and I think that that's what he's better at. That's what the Eagles saw in him when they drafted him. And I thought, uh, the secondary as a whole pretty much played pretty good. Um, there weren't really no featured guys that I can really say the Eagles played well against because the Patriots didn't have that many weapons. So it's right. tough to say that. I mean, it was a good pl- it, it was good play though. I mean, that's what you expect to see out of this Eagles defense. It was uh, and it was really all because of the D line. The, the the front seven really caused havoc all day. And you would expect that, uh because we had our our front seven who's actually pretty good against their o line and their who was actually not that good, believe it or not, right now, so I mean, you would expect it, but i wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if their o line dominated us either so <laughs> so i mean it was this is an interesting game i've I've never been as speechless as I am as I was today when I saw that game. I did not have anything to say. Yeah, no, you're right, and and, and you, like you said, it all starts with the D line and D line getting pressure because then that means your secondary is gonna be able to get a good read on the ball, and that what happens. So, like you said, the defense played well. Like you said, Eric Rowe played well, but like you said, even with our number one, if you got your number one guy, you're scared of Megatron, and you yeah, it going against Brandon LaSalle, So definitely his confidence definitely built, over built, got better, and got you know over the over the span of the game. But let's look at the offensive side, everybody. The offensive side of the game wasn't too crisp to be honest with you, they really didn't put up no no big plays. I mean, we had the five-yard touchdown pass to, uh, to the Earth. We saw that we had the little short touchdown pass to uh, Jordan Matthews where he decided he wanted the Millie Rock afterwards, which, you know, I got nothing wrong with that. I mean, get down with the get down. But, uh, the more was about The more interesting thing about this game was the running game. We saw in the first offensive drive, the Eagles made it an emphasis to get Darren Spoles the ball and get him the ball off it. We saw Kenyon Barner get the ball a lot as well because Ryan Matthews is still out. And we saw DeMarco Murray only have the game, end of the game with eight carries to 24 yards. And DeMarco pretty much didn't touch the ball the rest of the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Chip Kelly really, you know, really – Depended on uh, Sproles and uh, and Barner, Angelo. So, what did you take away from that? That you know that Chip was like, I'm not going to put this guy Demarco out there because he's not producing. Instead, I'm going to put the hands and put the ball in the hands of Darren Sproles and a and a young guy in uh, Kenyon Barner.
2: Well, that's a high priced bench player you got right there. Um, I just don't. I, I'm still hard pressed to understand everything that you know that that led to. DeMarco Murray coming here, like LaShawn McCoy being let go because he did too much of the East-West crap, and then you bring DeMarco Murray here and you run him in the same place, you do the same damn thing with him. I mean, he it it it's not working. It's not working. So, it, it was actually, like, kudos to Chip Kelly. It was a good move to put him on the bench. Just, that's a really high-priced bench player you got there. Like, that it's... Why are you going to pay someone that much to to ride the pine? Like it's he he came here because he's supposed to be one of the, like the elite running backs in the league, and he just doesn't look it here, and it's kind of sad.
1: No, you're right. He, you're right, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it's it so infuriates me when we watch the game, and we'll see, uh, we'll see Murray, and the Eagles will run a play out of the shotgun on the sweep, and, and you know we just know that that's just bad news right there he gets stopped on the sweep and it's just like, Yeah, how many times are we gonna run this play uh this season? And like you said, we paid he was paid forty million dollars to this running back and he hasn't paid off the dividends. So Matt, should we be concerned that Murray still hasn't got going or is it contributed or is it contributed to the offensive line it just isn't up to par. Remember, the offensive line in the beginning of the game shot themselves in the foot constantly with penalties. So is it a is it just should we be ultimately concerned about Murray, or is it more about that the off is it more other contributing factors into Murray's play right now?
3: Yeah, I, I put this one. I think putting Murray on the bench isn't just about Murray. I think it's about the line as well. You, when you see Barner play, you see Sproles play. They they're able to do the things that Murray can. They're able to get outside and get you know get around the line. Murray, I was, told you earlier. I watched his uh, highlight tape from last year. Everything was you know the right center guard gap. Bam, Murray was in there and he was gone. We can't get that going. And uh, we got two guys who can at least put up a better. Effort in that, so that's why they depended on them too. But I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put the lost confidence just on DeMarco Murray. I think there's a confidence issue with the line and not being able to get the entire scheme with Murray going at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you are definitely right about that, Jalil. Your thoughts on, uh, on everything the revolving around uh, the running game? Yeah, you know, I think I'll. I'll I've been the one saying all year, I, I think it's on the line. I mean, our guards get. have been getting destroyed since week one, really, you know? <laughs> and when you're, yeah. they really have. And on that stretch run to the outside, you know, I mean, all, all year we've been saying it, you know, why is DeMarco Murray running east west? And I think that somebody in the Eagles locker room was like, you know, why is he doing that? Maybe we should stop him from doing that. And they stopped giving him the ball. But then we realized. The Eagles run a lot of east-west routes. You know, we we toss a lot to the outside. That's what we run, and that's why, you know, Darren Sproles had a lot of carries. Uh, you know, Barnier had a lot of carries, and then we realized how many how much we actually run north-south, which is what six carries. Yeah, that's that's about how much we run north-south in Philadelphia, because I mean that's how much, uh, that's how much we call it. Um, now if you're gonna ask Chip Kelly, you know, it's it's all. You know, um, on the rotation of the running backs, you know, do Staley, he's uh, he's the one who controls that. You got to ask him. It's not up. There. I mean, but if you can't, you can't tell me that someone didn't sit down in the meeting room and say, "Yeah, we're only we're, let's let's stick with Darren Sproles and Barnard, and Barnard uh, mm-hmm. this week." I mean, that that's something that comes from the top down. That's not something that the the running back, you know, the running back coach makes on his own. He doesn't just bench the right. starter on his own. That's not something that happens. Um, I think DeMarco Murray is a little miscast in this offense, and and, and we see that. Unless we get our guards fixed, unless we unless Jason Kelsey can, you know, get some kind of push on somebody, you know, and he's been getting a little exposed this year as well, I don't think that Definitely. that stretch run is going to work with uh, DeMarco Murray because he needs to build up steam before he can start running and get downhill. And he's mm-hmm. getting met four yards in the backfield. That's not his game. So I think that benching him is more of a product of the personnel, you know? No, no, you're 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 right about that. It definitely can tell. Like you said, the offensive line pretty much been in shambles. In offensive line, especially talking about the guards, I remember one that I think was the – I think it was – I, I think it was Angela, I think it was the first – uh, I think it was the day before, the Sunday before the Eagles' first game. And I think we were talking about the offensive line situation. And we were talking about, you know, Andrew Gardner and, you know, he's still but then he got injured. And then, you know, we were ultimately talking about, you know, Evan Mathis, you know, how much yep. of a loss that is. And we're looking at it right now. There's definitely a loss, at, especially at one of the guard position because he was playing right next to Jason Peters.
2: Well, yeah, and you have Chip Kelly's ego to thank for that. I mean, there's, there's nothing really else you can say. That's, that's his ego that you can thank for that. And Evan Mathis is now playing with Denver, and he's not here. And their offensive line is weaker because of that decision. We can harp on that until the cows come home. We have to
0: harp on <laughs> that until
2: the cows came home.
1: Right, no, you're right about that. We have uh, talked about that at length, and I think we're going to keep on talking about it. people don't know right now, the Stillers are up 45-10 to 10 over the Colts right now. It's a blowout. <laughs> the Colts- Steelers are blowing up the Colts right now. But when we look back at the Eagles game, let's talk about the final seven minutes because was anybody else nervous like I was nervous? Because the final seven minutes of that game was looking kind of uh, looking kind Dicey. of interesting. I mean... I mean, we had the Brady putting down two touchdown drives. We had uh, – then they got the ball back one more time to go for it. It was really tense. I mean, Angela, I, I know you was about to speak. So, were you nervous as well? Like, oh, my God, like I said on Twitter, I said, this, is, this reminds me of like a Sixers fourth quarter. And we all know what that means. The Sixers always collapse in the fourth quarter. They find a way to lose the game and lose the lead.
2: I wasn't nervous because I didn't expect them to win. It was almost kinda like, Okay, here they come, they're gonna you know, the Eagles are gonna lose <laughs> just despite everybody. I I mean it was it was one of those where you you held your breath until the last, you know, what, two, three minutes of the game, but the onside kick were pretty much bouncing out of Earth's hands. When when that happened I I was kind of preparing myself for the worst.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it, it got really dicey at the end, but luckily the Eagles came out on the other side. I mean, it could be worse. We could be the the, uh, the Detroit Lions like coming out on the other end of uh, of that on Thursday yeah, night. that's so, true. So we were at least on the right side of of the of the excitement.
1: No, you're right about that. We could be uh, like Aaron Rodgers hitting Richard Rodgers for the uh, hail mary, which was just. Unrealistic. Shout out to Richard Rodgers though. He was on my fantasy squad. Got me like twenty six points. Respect. That yeah, little, that play, man. Fantasy.
2: That's 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 like one of the best plays of the season, easily.
1: Yeah, got gotta be gotta be the best play of the, uh, best play of the season, man. Jalil, I know you both were watching the game together. So, what were y'all guys had thoughts and uh, thoughts and feelings as you know? Like I said, it's final seven minutes, and it was getting kind of dicey and. I like, they were choking the lead away, and Brady was being Brady, even though he didn't have his weapons. He was being Brady. Yeah, there
3: was uh, there was dead silence where we where we were. We didn't barely spoke for the last minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, from 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 the touchdown to the to the Barner fumble. Um, luckily, we got some of those you know drops. Well, not we got them, but. Luckily, the Patriots had some key drops. There was one play.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, LaFell just missed that pass. LaFell would have took that for six easily um, had he caught that. So, I mean, we, we didn't believe it until the clock said zero, honestly. Because mm-hmm. with Tom Brady, whether he has guys rocking it or not, you know he's going to find a way. So, it wasn't over until it was over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I... I I I'd say this. Um if you thought that the Eagles were gonna lose then you felt more comfortable in those seven minutes than you did in the first couple <laughs> than you did in the first half, you know? Like right. I, I was so shocked at how well the Eagles were playing. I mean, first of all, it should not have been fourteen to fourteen at halftime. Like uh-uh. it shouldn't have been. That was so, that was beyond lucky. And then for us to go up and score 30, it was 0 to 14 Patriots. For us to go out there and score 30 something unanswered points, if you'd have told me that in the beginning of the year, if you'd have told me that yesterday, I'd have never believed you. I would not have believed you no matter what.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: it happened, you know? And I mean, think about it this way. I mean, our offense. The, the key to beating the Patriots was not even on offense. Like Matt said, I mean, our our you know our best receiver on the day had what thirty nine yards. We didn't have a forty yard yeah. receiver today. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so who made that prediction? You know, so I mean, in the last few minutes when we were really when we were, it seemed like it was all slipping away. I was like, I mean, this is actually kind of what I more so what I expected. You know, so and mm-hmm. then once we finally did make those plays it was it was like beyond lucky. I mean for, and then for the game to really come up on Eric Rowe's shoulders. He he was the one who made that last you know, who had to defend that last pass. I mean Eric Rowe had a heck of a game, man. Talk about uh stepping up for a rookie. He did not get uh wide eyed in in those big moments and man, those last seven minutes they were nail biters, but I gotta tell you, they were exhilarating. Yeah, definitely We're exhilarating, and you know, like you said, the last seven minutes, like you said, if you we all probably we all expected the team to lose today. So you know, when you see last seven minutes, you're like okay, if they lose, you know, it's whatever. You know, we expect them to lose. They're going to be foreign. They're going to be they're going to be eight on the year. We might as well get ready for the draft. Now they're five and seven, Angela, and I think this is going to be a question. I'm posing a question to everybody: Can this team still make the playoffs and win this division? I mean, the the Giants lost today on a on – the Jets came back on them. Uh, Josh, Josh, Brown, Josh Brown misses a 48-yard field goal to tie it up in overtime. We got Cowboys and Redskins tomorrow. Uh, I think we're all going to be rooting for the Cowboys, even though we don't like to use the word root. We just want to hope that they beat the beat Washington tomorrow. So if that all happens, then everybody's tied to the five and seven, which gets real tricky because now the Eagles have three – out of uh, three have four games left on the season uh three out of the uh i think mostly all of them are at home no they're three out of the four are at home buffalo arizona uh washington at home Then they're at the road at the end of season at new york so this is a p- question i'm posing to everybody Angela. what starting off with you can this team still make the playoffs
2: well, of course they can, but I'll tell you, like I've been saying in the past, you know, a few weeks, almost all the season. I don't necessarily know that I want them to because I really dislike the coach, and I don't want him to be here anymore. And we're running out of time, so I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, well, we're sort of running out of time. I'm trying to try, I'm trying to try, try and experiment with the podcast, so we'll see if it comes to fruition. when I'm, what I'm trying to do. Uh, Jaleel and uh, Matt, do you think this team can still make the playoffs? Uh, I think that they can make the playoffs, but only because the NFC East is so weak. Now, whether they deserve to make the playoffs, that's the real question. <laughs> and the answer to that All question right. is absolutely not. So that's what I got
0: <laughs> no, right to say.
1: My answer to that is just, uh, I mean,
3: we'll see. I mean, it's been so unpredictable. Washington, who we thought was going to be like 1-15, actually winning games. You know they're in it. Dallas, we thought was going to be the clear winner, is not in it. So we don't we don't know who's going to show up for even for the Eagles every week. So at this point, it's a we'll see. But I mean, what what really good is it going to make us to make
1: the playoffs with this team? No, you're right. right. What good is right? And I think and I think we all feel the same way. Like what good is it going to really make the make the playoffs? I mean, because it's not. I mean, this team is not Super Bowl caliber yet. We don't really know who's our quarterback. I know Angela's on the press. The the Dak Prescott bandwagon very Mm -hmm. fluently. She's still on that bandwagon, rooting for that hard, which could happen. I mean, I'm all opposed to it. You get your offensive lineman, then you get Dak in the later rounds. So I'm definitely cool with that. So, like you said, it's definitely – What's the purpose of this team making the playoffs? that's what a lot of the sports radio hosts been saying at night what's the purpose of this team making the playoffs you know is' it, not gonna solve anything i mean we we saw we all remember we all remember the o a season where they did make the playoffs and then you know was
2: zero the tie, it.
1: yeah, exactly they got in, and you know. They, they. Who did they beat? I know with the Giants, and then and who was, the was I know somebody the else.
2: and they went and they went into the stadium, and like the the Cowboys needed to lose, or no, they they stopped the Cowboys, and the Bengals needed to lose, and the Browns needed to win, and
1: and the Raiders needed to beat like the Buccaneers, hole. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what does it solve? It doesn't solve anything. So, um, last topic of the night, and I know that. The live stream is stopped, but we can still go on for an extra little fourteen, fifteen minutes here, as somebody told me. So while the live stream, a lot of people not listening live, I wanted to touch on one more topic here uh, with everybody, uh, specifically about college football. And Angela brought up a very good point <laughs> beginning of the show. I know she wanted to talk about this, and I'm going to talk about this about Temple, too. Uh, Temple made the bowl game. They, uh, they lost to Houston, which I was texting Matt during the game yesterday, and I told Matt, I was like, you know, Temple and I think Angela will agree with this, and Matt will agree with this. Like Temple didn't really lose that game because Houston's offense didn't technically beat them. It was pretty much like the Greg Ward show. It was pretty much what the Sean Kaiser from Notre Dame did to Temple when Notre Dame took on Temple. Like was one of those types of games, and we see that Temple was going to be playing in the Boca Raton Bowl against the Toledo team, who was ranked in the top twenty-five. For a pass, for was ranked in the top 25 for the next, uh, was for for a few weeks they were ranked in the top 25. They were undefeated at one point as well. But Angela, you're not so happy about the bulk of Bowl. <laughs> no,
2: I'm not. I'm absolutely not. That's complete horse crap. I, 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 Penn State has a better bowl than Temple, and Temple has a better record than Penn State, and Temple Railroad is Penn State. Memphis has a better bowl game than, 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 than Temple. And and Toledo and December twenty second and the Boca Raton Bowl. What the hell is that?
0: I mean it, I like the decision. Honestly it just, just, just
2: reached it 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 wreeked a participation trophy and their and their record was way too good to you know, to kinda of get that. They just they deserved a way but they deserved a better bowl game. They especially deserved a better bowl game than than, than Penn State or or than Memphis. I mean that, that's what really is puzzling me at this point.
1: No, you're right about that. Matt, your thoughts, because, you you know, you've been covering this team this entire year. The past two years you've been covering uh, this team. I mean, your thoughts on them getting to the Boca Raton Bowl. Do you feel the same way as Angel? Because I think a lot of fans feel that way. Like, this team, you know, did did beat Memphis. They beat uh, Penn State. And, you know, those two teams have a better bowl game than the Owls.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, first of all, I never heard of this a tomb Bowl. I think it's something that they just made up. But, I mean, you know they're always going to go to strength <laughs> of schedule, which, I mean, look at our schedule this year. I know we didn't beat Notre Dame, but we put up, we put up a hell of a game against them. I mean, we beat Memphis, who, I mean, people were, were high on Memphis this year, you know, go to the AAC championship and all of that. Of course we lose, but... Who, didn't, who really expected us to pull out that victory. But for the season they had, the schedule they had, and the wins that they had this year, I think they definitely got uh, slighted for that uh, selection.
1: No, you're definitely right about that. And like I said uh, earlier in the show, somebody pretty much laid out a conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory about, the, about Temple making the Boca Raton Bowl. If I can pull it up mm. right now, I'm trying to find it. Uh, right now, um, and everybody can give their thoughts. And everybody can give their thoughts on this. Um, they said the person said to me, "Not terrible." I wish Temple had drawn a power conference team in the bowl, though. Temple versus Toledo felt a lot like the NCAA pulling strings to pit two te- to pit two certain teams against one another, so they cannot upset a legitimate school. Mm. So, what is yeah, everybody's get- thoughts on that? Yeah,
3: well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who Temple was going to upset. I mean, I, I don't know what the possibility was with the other. I saw the projections, and there was quite a few. But I mean, we we just still deserve better than better than this. Um, I, like I said, I, I'd like to see what the next option was, the next better option is. But
1: I, I'm not too satisfied with this one at all. Mm-hmm. I kind of I was kind of with uh, Angela. I, I my first reaction when I heard of the booker top Well, first I just like, "Matt, I've never heard of that game before." And like I'm kind of like an undercover, you know, like Philadelphia <laughs>
0: college
1: Philadelphia college sports team fan. Like I, I kind of like I don't talk about it a whole lot, but I actually do pay attention. And when and like Temple balled out this year for them to pull such a weak game is is kind of disappointing. Um and I felt like it did really reek of a participation trophy. Like, hey, you did really well this year. Here you go. Here's a bone. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, mm-hmm. that's not how it's supposed to go. You know, I was I was kind of with Angelo on that one. It really, it, it smelled bad. And even though they played so well, I just, I never would have expected them to to then pull a weak bowl game like this. Like, they could have lost two games, in my opinion. They could have lost two more games and still make it to this bowl game in my opinion. That's how weak this bowl yep. game really is. And that's how well Temple really plays. And that's really messed up that they get stuck with this kind of game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Angela?
2: I I completely agree with Jaleel. He's, he's absolutely right. They should have had a better bowl game. I mean, they could have lost a few more games and still ended up – I mean, honestly – it, it, it's it's one of those like the it's like the joke where like everybody gets a bowl game, like you get one and you get one, like the Boca Raton bowl, the Chick-fil-A bowl Oh the,
1: man, there was the tax, oh, man. The taxpayers have,
2: national bowl, like there's they just <laughs> I
1: have I have a gripe so with that many too. of them with there's and eighty honestly, there's, there's forty bowl games and eighty teams and they had a member the NCAA was having an issue saying, Well, we don't have enough six and six teams So now we're going to have to put five and seven teams in the bowl game.
2: And I just hate the fact that, you know, like a week ago we were talking about going to the Fiesta Bowl, and now it's the Mm -hmm. boca Bowl on December
1: 22nd. At Florida Atlantic University, by the way. (laughs) That's such a shame, man. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, like Angela said, there's so many bowl games this year. Like, I was even surprised that there were 40 bowl games out there this year. And the fact that the NCAA had problems finding six and 16s, well, it wasn't a problem to find six and 16s. The five and seven teams just couldn't hold up their bargain, so they had to eventually end up putting some of those guys in there, which definitely watered down what they posed to happen. Because I remember when Temple was undefeated, like we said, we were all thinking it was either going to be Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl. It was going to be one of those two because they were going to represent the Group Five. They did get those two, so you're next thinking, okay, maybe Temple can get into the Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl against BYU. That's pretty good. I mean, BYU was a pretty good independent. You know, I think they're still independent. I'm not sure. It might be Mountain West or independent. I'm not really sure. But and they're you super focused because
2: they-, they don't drink. <laughs>
1: But when you have, but when you have, I was thinking, you know, if they get into that type of bowl game, in Hawaii Bowl, then they can really do some damage, put themselves on the mark. I mean, Hawaii is definitely better than going down to the Boca Raton Bowl. So I'm thinking this it's is a good that, Yeah, that too. It is retirement bill, and I think that game would have been on Christmas Eve, so that would have been a much Wait, better bowl.
2: Wasn't that the wasn't that the joke in in Major League like the, the 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 woman who inherited the team she wanted to like take the team to Boca Raton so she could like retire early wasn't that the joke in Major League?
0: Yeah, it was. Since, did she wanted to beat the Cleveland Indians
2: to Boca Raton.
1: Oh man, yeah. that's that's, that's pretty much what it is. So I think, <laughs> I think I think I think it's going to be. I think it's gonna be interesting to see where uh, Temple M plays on plays on December twenty second, which is my birthday. So we're not gonna disrespect that day. I'll probably watch them while eating cake. Hopefully, uh, as they hope, I hope they win. But it's gonna be a good one. I think they played well, but like I say, I agree with everybody. They deserve better. They deserve to play closer to New Year's Eve. It was a travesty. I would think it's a travesty to both schools. I think both schools, Toledo and Temple, both deserve better, uh, better bowl selections than they did this year. And I think the NCAA got it wrong, and they got to cut back on these bowl games. I don't know if you cut back on the bowl games, To make the college playoff, the college football playoff larger to a 16-team field. I mean, you hope they eventually make it larger. Yeah, I, think I mean the they're never going to get rid of it, the bowl games. Yeah,
0: true. Yeah, and it true.
3: also comes down to it comes down to draw as well and, and ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same reason why we couldn't have both Clemson and Iowa in the playoffs. Cause, I mean, they both had great years, but they're not draws. People are not going to watch those two teams in the playoffs. So it's like we can only have no. one or the other. And the same thing here, I mean, as great as Temple is, I mean, you can't ask a random person who P.J. Walker is or Jihad Thomas. So it, <laughs> it, it came down to that as well. I mean, devil right. NCAA, remember, this is a nearly a billion dollar industry, so they got to protect their ratings as well, which is why we get stuck
1: with this kind of crap. No, you're
0: all right I'm
1: about that. The yep, it is all, all about, about the. Money. Angela, final, final thought, Angela, before we wrap up.
2: Um. Well, go Temple and the Boca Raton Bowl, and I mean, I don't know. Eagles are what they are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't really. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a double. It's a double-edged sword, right? Like, Eagles win keep winning and then it's like obligation to purchase playoff tickets or they keep losing and the coach possibly goes away. So, I mean, oh yeah, not
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting conundrum when you look at it. But that's going to uh, wrap it up here on the podcast. We want an extra uh, 15 minutes here so people that didn't hear this live, they will hear it and they will hear this entire podcast. And its full capability on blogtalkradio.com, dot com slash five. basically the link that I put out there on Twitter and that we all shared and retweeted. You'll be able to listen to the whole forty five minutes here, and I'll be able to listen to it on TuneIn Radio. So we're going to probably keep on trying to do this more again, doing a little bit of extra fifteen, and we got more to talk about. Because sometimes you know, the thirty minutes we got, we, we're, we're thirty minutes we got problems with that. We got sometimes we want to talk a little bit more what's going on the sports, especially in this city because there's a lot going on, but. For me, Angela, Jalil and Matt, make sure you give us all a follow on Twitter at Joe Montan at Total Sports Live, at Ange Montone, at Jalil Phillips, at MB underscore Genesis. Make sure you check out Total dot com for all good content we coming out coming out about the Eagles, Sixers, College basketball, college football bowl games, baseball winter meetings, There's just a whole bunch of stuff on there. Make sure you go check that out. Everybody have a good one. We'll talk to you guys. Maybe this week again to do another podcast. I know I'm down for it, so maybe we'll talk to you guys again this week. If not, we'll talk to you guys next Sunday when the Eagles take on LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor and the Buffalo Bills next Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. So if we don't talk to you guys then. On th- this week, we'll talk to you guys uh, next Sunday. So everybody have a good one and thanks for tuning in. Bye everyone. Good night. Good night.